Well, how's it going? I'm Mark Duffy. Welcome to my channel. And it is once again the most important Tuesday of the week. Duffers Tuesday tips. Let's answer some questions. Okay, the first question coming in is from Dan Keys, and he is asking um, recommendations for quality colour gels. Loving the new podcast, by the way. Great for the walk to work. <laughs> I love it. First question in, and it's a compliment. Don't forget, you can always submit in compliments because I love compliments. Uh, quality gels. I usually just buy mine off Amazon, so um, I usually go with the newer, near, whatever way you want to pronounce them because you get a pack of a whole load of them, the big square ones. I'm trying to find out a good filter solution, like colour gel solution for using strobe lights in uh, softboxes. So, you know, it, it's grand when you're using LEDs because you can just plank them in front of the LED. But when you're using like the 8400, the, the MS300s where they have the modeling lamp and then, you know, the flash, uh, I can't figure that one out. So if anyone wants to give me some tips, leave it in the comments of a good suggestion on how you gel when you're using octoboxes and stuff like that there because we all know how to do it when we're using seven inch reflectors you just put the gel on top of that there but for soft boxes how do you gel what's the best practice you've found so hit me in the comments for that one on to the next question and it's coming from jer duffy good name great name but he's been living under a rock because he's asking thoughts on the new sony a7 IV. jer where have you been i i put up a whole podcast last week about it so just go through my podcast and you will hear everything i have to say about what i think about the sony a7 IV. Duh. oh we we'll forgive it we'll forgive it it's only a week it's only a week you didn't know about it it's okay don't let it happen again <laughs> okay, so the next the next question coming in is from Owen, and uh, let me see what's Owen asking. Any advice on getting the right exposure for a sunrise shoot, particularly before sunrises? Uh, before sunrises doesn't really matter at all. You could be shooting f eleven. Uh, you're going to be on a tripod, so you know ISO one hundred, and then the shutter speed is whatever. The difficult part about a sunrise and even a sunset, but mostly a sunrise, because it really then you know if you get a nice, gorgeous, crisp sunrise. As soon as that sun comes up, it's difficult to uh, to manage. But if you want to get that starburst, you want to close the aperture down. So you're going to be using f16 for that. Um, but like, unless you're using grad filters or you're doing exposure blending, it is very difficult to get the exposure right in the shot, like you know, in camera. Uh, so like, I would always exposure blend, and I exposure blend up to nearly nine stops, depending on how strong the sun is. But before that. You could be grand, you could be golden, you could get it one stop underexposed, could cover you enough to raise the shadows in Lightroom and also control the colour in the sky. So uh, before sunrise, before the sun actually rises, but you know, for sunrise, make sure you're there 45 minutes before the sun rises to make sure you get the colour. Because sometimes the colour pops at 40 minutes before the sun rises and dissipates about 5-10 minutes later and you get there 20 minutes before and you, you didn't even know that happened. Like So always get there early. I, I would early get to a spot earlier for sunrise than I would for sunset. Because you can you can see the sunset. <laughs> you can plan ahead better. Uh, the next one's coming in from Nick, and he is saying, you're absolutely crushing it with the new format and the podcast, Rock On The Duffer. Yes! Not a compliment, that's two. Yeah, he's no question, just just compliments. I love compliments. And that, that is a fan, that's a great example, Nick. Great example of sending me in a great compliment. Thank you very much. Uh, Don is asking, best way to shoot with low sunlight, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So um, low sunlight you're talking about. Um, actually, no, it doesn't. Well, it does and it doesn't. We'll go with two ways. 
If you're doing low sun, try and catch it off the edge of a building because then you'll get it to actually start and you'll be able to control your highlights a little bit better if you actually don't, if you hide some of the sun. So if it's just picking over a corner, so if you have this microphone here, don't have it over the microphone, actually have it clipping the edge of the microphone. You'll get a nice sunburst out of that. It'll control the light a bit better because, you know, some of your scene is going to be in shade that way. Um, and then for low sunlight, you know, for dusk and dawn, just accept the fact that you're going to be shooting a longer, a longer exposure. So if you were shooting with the sun in the shot at like say one twenty-fifth of a second, you could be now shooting with the sun gone at maybe one second, two seconds. But once you're on a tripod, it doesn't make a difference. Just shoot. But you really everyone needs to know the limits of the camera to know where you can push. Can you shoot one stop underexposed? Do you need to shoot a one stop overexposed? And you'd only know that really from working your files and you know and, and trying different things. So try different exposures while you're there. Does no harm. You're on a tripod, two second timer, or if you have a remote, use the remote. But you know, set it to uh, you know one second. Obviously, you know, change your ISO to to make sure it's the exposure you want. And then if you go for a brighter exposure, darken the ISO, etc. Uh, so that's the best advice I can give you for that one. Uh, so Sam is asking, best new podcast. Nice one. Thanks for all the tips. You're very welcome. And uh, what's your favourite paper finish for landscapes? So what's my favourite paper to use? I use Hanamiya Luster when I'm printing. And I haven't actually done loads and loads of tests. I've seen some matte finishes, but because my uh, my work is so vibrant, it doesn't make any sense to use matte. It doesn't really, it doesn't really give as much punch. So I like the Luster finish. Um, there's like a little shimmer on it as well. So it's a little bit of a, of a glass finish, but it really suits for vibrant colours. So that's what I use. I use Hanamiya Luster paper for when I'm getting my photos printed. And just to let anyone know as well, I don't do the printing myself. I get a company to do it for me. So the next question, Lisa is asking recommendations for mirrorless cameras. Uh, so I know that Lisa's actually using, if I remember correctly, I think it's a Canon 16 Mark II. It could be wrong. It could be a Mark I. Um, again, I would always say to people, it is totally dependent on budget. But um, in that regard, you're, you're in full frame already. I know for a fact she is in full frame. So you're going to be looking towards a full frame mirrorless. And I would highly, highly recommend the A7 III. I'm filming with it right now. It's a great lens. ISO invariant type camera. So the ISO, the ISO performance is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm so impressed by, by that. So it's top of my list. It really is top of my list. Uh, for recommendations at the minute is the Sony A7 III. Okay, Colin's asking, uh, oh no, it's a compliment, first of all. Hold on, let's get the compliment in here. Loving them, loving loads of these compliments, deadly. <laughs> loving the new format. For someone interested in getting into portrait photography at home, and there's a part two, so we'll go into the part two. This is, I don't really like the limits of the questions on Instagram stories, but there you go. Uh, part two, would you recommend just Speedlights or maybe Godox SK300 Mark IIs? Um, so they're asking, Home photography, you're starting out and you've got budget constraints. What's your best options? I'm nearly certain the Godox MS300s are cheaper than the, the SK300 Mark IIs. And as far as I remember, them SK300s are an older model as well. So I would actually recommend you getting the MS300 because it is £100 on Amazon. I paid about £100, £109 on Amazon when I bought mine. I bought four of them. Um, the thing is, if you're going to be home and you don't need to travel anywhere with them and, you know, um, you don't need speedlights because speedlights are unfortunately useless. They're <laughs> not useless, but they're not reliable. Um, the refresh time is quite slow. 
you'll just find you get better results out of the strobes. Uh, but if you're shooting stuff like flash, uh, splash photography, you need faster flash duration and a speed light will will annihilate the MS 300s all day long. So in that case, then you'd be better off looking at either a speed light or I'd probably recommend you going for a, um, a Godox AD200. The great thing with strobe lights, except for the AD200, is that they have modeling lamps. So you can kind of see how the light is falling off in your product. So you can kind of see the position of the light, where with speed lights, you have to shoot it, review it, shoot it, review it. Now, you still have to do that with strobes, but it's just you know, you have to do a lot more of it with speed lights. So that's what my recommendation would be. For a decent speed light, it's going to be dearer than the MS300. So you're going to save money by going with the MS300. And it's already Bowen's mount, so you don't even have to get adapters for it either. Um, oh, we got David Guilford in the house. David Guilford's in the house. One of my buddies. Yes, one of my mates is in there. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Rent the crowd. <laughs> anyway, Dave's asking, really want to print a zine? What tips when it comes to printing? So if anyone doesn't know what a zine is, it's like a mini magazine that photographers used to uh, put out. So you'd put out uh, concepts. So if you had a whole portfolio of black and white that you wanted to do, you'd, you'd do that there. If you ever watch uh, Ted Forbes, The Art of Photography, he's big into his zines. Um, so when it comes to that, like um, it depends because a lot of the companies in Ireland are quite expensive. And a lot of them aren't built for actual accurate printing In that I found, you know, when I was releasing, when I was thinking about releasing my book, I ended up getting mine done in England, but I wouldn't recommend that company because I had a lot of quality issues with them. Um, like W and G Bird are probably one of the best in the in the country, but the, it's going to be expensive because the you really do need a, a big run of prints to get it as cheap as you can so you know like uh, it depends if you keep a paperback it's going to keep the costs a lot down and uh, i have found good results out of digital printing ireland.com or .ie i think it's .com um so if you were doing it and that, that there like their printing is really good it's digital printing um and but you'll be treating your zine like a brochure in in that regards because that's what you'll be buying you'll be buying a saddleback um you know soft soft cover brochure basically and but it's a magazine so if you want to think about like that there uh silk paper obviously um well it depends actually for your style dave actually you'd get away with matte you'd get away with matte paper right that would probably be really nice it's a tasty matte paper for your for your zine but um yeah look approach these mail these companies a lot of them will actually send you out sample sets that they've done for other companies so they, they have a whole lot I've seen the sample from WNG Bird hence why I say they're probably one of the best in the country because I've seen their work firsthand. I was really well impressed with them okay so Dimples is asking honestly username is Dimples uh, how did you get into liking photography I've always liked photography um, an uncle of mine is an award-winning wedding videographer. Another uncle of mine is a voiceover artist. So the creative side of things, I I've seen, you know, that, you know, family members can actually have a good living from being creative. Uh, and then, you know, when you, when you get into graphic design, you can't help but not get attracted to looking at photography. And one of the reasons I wanted to get into photography and a lot of graphic designers want to get into photography is for understanding light better so it makes your photo manipulations a lot cleaner, a lot more realistic, which will get you bigger paying jobs. Uh, so a lot of that there. And then um, what got me into photography was I got sick of being told that I live in a shithole, Dundalk, County Loud. You know, it's blacklisted from tourism. I've said it 
umpteen times. <laughs> I've even told, I've even said it to Tourism Ireland and they didn't deny it. <laughs> they didn't confirm it either, but they strongly didn't deny it. <laughs> so silence was the guilty party there. Um, so like, you know, yeah, we've so much to offer in this county and, and it doesn't get seen. So that's what really got me into photography was to showcase, you know, we've got Cuhollins Castle, Roach Castle, Dunmahan Castle, Castle Bellingham, Ballymiscanon House Hotel, Kilwara Church Ruins, where Joe Biden's family ancestors are buried. You've got uh, King John's Castle in Carlingford, and they're all within 20 minutes of Dundalk. And that's not even Curtinetton that's in Drogheda. So we've a lot to offer here, and nothing gets ever shown. So um, that's what got me into photography originally, was to promote my local county that I'm very proud of being from. And yeah, so anyway... And she's actually asked a second question. Oh, she's greedy. Uh, what motivates you to get up every day? Currently, it's a five-week-old baby girl. But uh, yeah, when it comes to photography, if I have an idea, good luck stopping me. Uh, that's what motivates me when it comes to photography is just, if I think it's going to be a great sunrise and I have an idea for somewhere, nothing's going to stop me to get there. And I'll go there umpteen times until I get it. So if I, it's, it's the ideas that run through my head. I just constantly have them and I just... I've no intentions of stopping them either. Like so, um, that's what motivates me is my imagination and my want to continually uh, grow my photography and just create. I love creating things, you know. Uh, next question is blank, so it's a staring contest. Ready, go. Pat, you lose. Okay, on to the next one. I always think it's awkward. Why do people send in blank questions? I don't know. I don't get that. Um, okay, I missed who sent this one. Ash is asking this one. Uh, how are you managing being a dad and being the duffer? Well, the duffer comes naturally to me because I'm awesome. And I've always said it. I've always been awesome. It just takes people a while to, you know, to realise this. But uh, yeah, the being a dad thing is pretty good. Um, pretty good, you hear me? Um, I thought the loss of sleep was going to be a lot more difficult to deal with. But because it's such a late sleep pattern, it hasn't actually affected me all that much. So yeah, no, it's great. It's absolutely great. It's it's, it's totally, totally different. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just you just never know what one day to the next is going to bring you. You know what I mean? Um, I can't wait until she fully has her eyesight and she can you know fully see us and we can start interacting with her more. Like, you know, so that can, for anyone who doesn't have kids and didn't know, like, you know, they, they can't really see for the first six weeks, is it? Um so you know she's starting to see shapes and she's looking around the room and I'll bring her into here because of all the acoustic foam so that looks pretty good when I light it up you can just see her eyes just bouncing around looking at all the shapes so that's pretty cool and seeing um, who's asked this question someone asked the question Finn has asked this one uh, lights for portraiture how do I not spend a small fortune <sighs> you're in photography actually you're in the creative realm. It doesn't matter what you do. Even drums are expensive. Uh, you just have to be smart. You need to do your research. You need to be wise with your budget um, and be realistic with your budget as well and then just work towards it and always just be striving to get better and better. I could have easily afforded myself a Shure SM7B. It's a 500 euro microphone but instead I went for the Shure 55SH because it's basically the same yoke except it's 150 euro. So there's where you make comparatives and you're like, well, you know what? That 350 I saved could go elsewhere. And that's the way you do it, basically. And I hope that didn't sound patronising. I did not mean it to sound patronising. At the very end, it sounded a touch patronising. I really wasn't. But just be smart with your budget and do as much research as you can, comparing one product off the next and see where you're spending and where you can save. Uh, Finn also asks, any vintage lens recommendations for the Fuji X-T2? Now, this is where you're being smart now. Now, this is where you're being smart now. 
Because this is already, you'll get quality lenses cheaper by going vintage, by going even older, just older lenses, you know, like not even vintage, but just older Canon lenses, secondhand, you get them way cheaper than the new ones. Um, Pentax do really good ones, really old. I have some, I have some really cool ones that my dad had, because, you know, back in the 80s, people had film cameras. Everyone had it. They didn't have an iPhone or a smartphone, but they had film cameras. And cameras back then came with the kit lens, for the, at least for the Pentax MG that my dad had, was a 50mm f1.7. Then he also had a 28 f2.8 and he had another lens as well. So, uh, yeah, I would say Pentax lenses. Uh, there's a Helios as well. I think it's called a Helios 44 and it's a 55mm f1.8, if I do remember correctly. Uh, it has a swirly effect to the bokeh, which is really, really cool, really desirable, and very hard to imitate. So there are some options there. You'll find them all on adverts.ie, because I, I know you're based in Ireland, Finn, so adverts.ie, there's going to be plenty and plenty of um, vintage lenses for you to find. And then just go on to Amazon and get the get the K&F concept adapters, because they're cheap and they're really good quality as well. Uh shouldn't be shouldn't need to spend any more than like maybe 25 euro for an adapter for the vintage lenses like and, and just enjoy just remember though the vintage lenses aren't going to have as good of a coating on the front of the element against glare so if you want that vintage glare look a vintage lens is going to get it to you but if you're not looking for that try not to point it too much directly at the sun because you will have some bad flaring going on okay next question's coming in from uh anthony and it's uh, any irish companies you would like to work with um all of them because that's how I intend on wanting and trying to <laughs> earn a living. But um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any companies directly that I want to work with. Um, I'm kind of. It depends on the brief. You know what I mean. You could turn around and say, "I want to work with such and such," and they come to you, and the brief is horrible, and you're like, "Oh God, no! That's not. That's not exciting. That's 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 that's." That's terrible. It's a terrible idea, you know. And then you're like, but it's going to pay the wages, you know. Where do you go? So, I would just want to work on really good projects. That's that's really where I want to go with it. Uh, the company thereafter, you know. Uh, I'd love to do more stuff with like Ballymaloo Foods because I really enjoyed doing the Chris Sandwich photo, and I know they saw it, so they liked it. So, you know, companies like that getting in contact with me or. Um, not even sure. You've caught me on the hop on that one. Um, I'm totally open. I'm totally open at all. I'd love to do a bit more fitness photos. I enjoyed that. That was really good crack at the DKT Sport when I did the photos for them. Uh, so I wouldn't mind breaking into more of that. Like I just uh, the more variety that I can that I can do with my photography is the key really for me. Uh, so I'm totally open. So if there's a company interested, hit me up. Uh, also, oh, Anthony asked three questions. Here's the second one. What's a tip that you feel is often miscommunicated? Um, I don't. I don't really know. Um, a tip that's often miscommunicated—that's a really good question, and I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, oh, I've actually noticed you've asked four questions. You're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the miscommunicated ones um jesus i don't know actually i haven't uh there's a lot of there's a lot of terrible tips on tiktok i saw one no well that's a bad tip actually no but miscommunicated tip um i'll come back to it you know what i'll come back to that question i think of something uh 
The next question actually is a TikTok one here. What's the worst advice you've ever seen given to aspiring photographers? Any of the tips shared on TikTok. Basically, anyone who's sharing photography tips on TikTok are usually sharing really, really bad technique and habits to do. One was to go into Lightroom for when you're doing portraits, get your brush, set, set the sharpening to 100% and paint to skin. Why on earth would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? You're going to emphasize blemishes. You're going to introduce uh, artifacts because you're over over sharpening things. Yes, if you want to regain the sharpening in eyes and you know and maybe the beard and stuff that maybe the focus wasn't there, that is a trick to regain focus if you missed focus a little bit. But you still don't do that. You wouldn't go around painting people's eyes and eyebrows and beards and whatever like that. There, you know to make the image more sharp. You just you just sharpen the image and, you know, I have a video on how to sharpen images, but that's one of the worst things I had ever seen. But you can't comment on these things on TikTok and all that there because TikTok, for me personally, is an app for the untalented to celebrate themselves. So they will teach each other absolute nonsense. And if you say anything because you have an informed opinion, you're seen as the enemy. So you know what? Leave them to it. Uh, but yeah, that is one of the worst things I ever saw. Um... So then maybe one that's often mis miscommunicated is the fact that you can variable NDs. You shouldn't use them for photo because you get an X pattern in it because as you try to get up, so if you have a a two to eight stop variable ND, you can change you know the, the strength of your ND as you rotate the ND. But as you get closer to the eight stops, you're going to get this X pattern. You don't really get it in video. You can get it in video, which it's more often seen in video. Um, so that's one of the things I see that's miscommunicated is buying the wrong filters because it's one of these quick answer fixes. It's one of these quick fixes. And people don't put much thought into it. Like So that's one of the things I do see that's miscommunicated. And uh, maybe composition as well. You know, like I stick very strict, not in this, because I'm right down the middle of this scene here in this video, but I stick very strictly to the rule of thirds. But if you're doing graphic design work, I stick very strictly to the golden ratio. So if you want to look up the golden ratio and see the difference, it's very subtle, but it is detriment to your photos. Um, last question from Anthony. Do you like doing wildlife photography? Wow, it's tough. I photographed a seal last week at the Navi Bank and it was so tough. Uh, I, I got one with its back to me when I was eating a fish, a big fish, and I tried to get it again because it kept because I knew it was still in the area and I was walking back and forth trying to predict where it was going to pop up again. And I was there for an easy 45 minutes in the freezing cold with no jacket on, no gloves on. My hands were so cold afterwards. That was my own fault. Um, but yeah, no, it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. Uh, so I do want to go down to the Phoenix Park and try and photograph the deer in the Phoenix Park with the 600mm lens that I have because that would be just awesome. So that'd be class. So that's one thing I do want to get done this year. Like, But uh, yeah, um, I'll try and do more wildlife, but it is really, really, really tough. Uh, Dan is asking, Hey Mark, I'm looking to be able to get my photos printed and be able to sell. What would be the best way? Best way is to on your website. And uh, I find the best social media app to sell photos is on Facebook because the demographic's older. So you've got a younger demographic on Instagram. So you look at my my social medias. I have an older demographic on Facebook. I have mostly photographers on Instagram and then there's a mixed bag on, on the rest of them. So if you want to sell, I find it's better to sell on Facebook and through your website. But the best way to sell photos is actually in a craft market. Now, obviously with COVID, that's put a hamper on all that there. But when people see it, feel it, touch it, in person, they're going to be quicker to buy it. 
Uh, that's all the questions. That was a very successful Duffer's Tuesday Tips. Loads of really good questions. Loads of compliments. Um, yeah, I hope you got something from this. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, if you like this, hit the like button, subscribe to my channel, ring that bell to get notified when I post up a new video. If you're on my podcast, I have no idea what you're supposed to do. Do you follow me? Do you put comments in? So those who know, you do what you do and I will figure it out in the next while. And until the next time, later Gators. Thank you.